Thank you. Please remain standing for the reading of our scripture, which you should recognize by now, as we've used the same one for a couple weeks now. It is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 12. Hear the word of God. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are works, work of the one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one, just as he determines. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. All right, so we've been working through the the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Last week we talked about knowledge and wisdom and discerning of spirits. Today we're going to talk about prophecy, healing, and faith. Now before I begin, I want to just reiterate that what we're talking about was written to the Corinthians because they had these gifts and they were misusing them. They were using them to build themselves up, to build up their church, and to fight with one another to say, look, I can prophesy. Another one says, I have distinguishing between spirits. Another one was saying, I can show you signs and wonders. And Paul said, no, look, everybody, you got it all wrong. It's great that you got these gifts, but they're used for the common good. And I, I can't drive that point home enough. They're used for the common good. They're not used to build ourselves up but to build up everybody else. So if you have one of these gifts and you're using it to build up somebody else, someone else has one of these gifts that's using it to build up you. So you'll get built up too. Don't think that you won't, but it won't be by what you do yourself. However, having these gifts builds our relationship with God because when you have one and you recognize it and you see it, you start to say to God, thank you. Or you might say, why me? Or you might say, how do I use it to build up others? It gets you talking to God, and it, it builds up a relationship with God that is greater than anything we can ever imagine. Because you're talking to the creator of everything. We sang that song today, Above All. What more can you say? Above all, everything that was created he is there. There is no one greater than our God. Okay, so first let's talk about faith. Because we all have faith, right? Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, probably my most favorite verse in the entire Bible. For it is by faith you have been saved through grace, and this not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. We are saved by faith through grace and it comes from God. God gives everybody who believes saving faith. But the gift of faith goes beyond the salvation of faith. 
Someone with the gift of faith will, in the face of complete uncertainty, or in, in some cases, complete certainty that things are going to fail, will still believe things aren't going to fail. In the face of all kinds of trials, we'll say, God is going to be victorious. David is a perfect example. No one can defeat this giant. No one. He says, who is this Philistine to defile the armies of God? And he gets up there and picks up a couple stones and just whips at that, that giant's forehead and knocks him down. That's faith. That's incredible faith. If we turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, I want to make sure I don't get it wrong, so I'm going to read it for you. Hebrews chapter 11, towards the back of the Bible. See, right now I'm singing a song in my head, so I remember exactly where it's at. <laughs> and you guys just thought I was smart. No, I, I, I use mnemonics to remember these things. Now, faith is the certainty of things hoped for, a proof of things not seen. It's the certainty of things hoped for. We all hope for things, right? I hoped it. Well, some people probably hoped they would win the lottery the other night, but they didn't. But somebody in Illinois did. But whatever it is you hope for, when you have faith, it's certain that what I hope for, even though there's no proof for it, I believe it's going to happen. You believe in something you can't see, and you know that it's real. You know that it's going to happen. You know that it exists. Faith in God, whom none of us have ever seen physically, but we believe he's real. Faith in Jesus Christ, who lived 2,000 years ago physically, but none of us ever saw him. We believe he exists. We believe he's alive today. That's what our faith is built on, is the fact that we know that Jesus is alive today. But when that faith goes beyond just those words, and it's something that is incredibly strong, that is where the gift of faith comes in. Typically, people with the gift of faith, you may never know it, but they're probably praying for you. That's right. That's what this gift is often used for, is prayer. Someone says, hey, you know, uh, I haven't been feeling well. And that person says, I believe you're going to be healed. I believe you're going to start feeling better. And they go home and they start praying and believing fully that you're going to be feeling better. And then in a couple days, you're like, hey, I feel better. That person's faith in their prayers could, have be, could be the reason that brought you healing. There's all kinds of reasons why you can be healed. But someone's faith could be part of it. So the gift of faith is an incredible thing to have. It's almost like feeling like you're invincible. Okay? Now, there's a whole lot more I can say about that, but I encourage you to read Hebrews chapter 11. It's not a real big chapter, and when you read about it, you're going to read about people who had the gift of faith. It's often referred to as the Faith Hall of Fame. Moses, and Noah, and David, and Rahab, and, and others who believed many things, and they came to pass because they had very strong faith. Now, the last thing I want to say about this before I move on is, in our world today, too many people say, well, if you don't have enough faith, then you won't be healed. You won't get that new job. You won't get out of that financial crisis. You've got to believe, you've got to believe, you've got to believe. 
That's not true. Faith is a forward-moving thing. It is not a take-away-from-you thing if you don't have it. So don't just put that out of your mind right now. If you are lacking in faith, don't feel like you are holding yourself back. That is not true. But if you don't have faith and you feel like you're lacking in faith, ask God to build it up for you so that you can move into this, maybe even get the gift of faith. So before I go into the next two, prophecy and healing, I want to say that in every single one of these gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, they can be and they are hijacked by the enemy. I didn't mention this last week, but um, you heard of the term medium. I'm going to consult a medium to find out what happened in my past. Why am I the way I am? Don't do that. That is the work of the enemy. That is the gift of knowledge in the work of the enemy being hijacked, or it could be the gift of prophecy, being hijacked by the enemy, and you are not talking to God or the Holy Spirit when you're talking to that medium. You are talking to a demon, and you are opening up yourself for that demon to come into your life. Stay away from mediums. If you've ever done it in your past, then do this. And I mean, this is the one thing I want you to take away from this more than anything else today. If you've ever consulted a medium, a psychic, or any of the like, go to God today. Do not wait any longer and say, God, I renounce that sin. I didn't understand. I didn't know. You, you just grovel before the Lord. He understands. He knows. But when you renounce it, you say, I don't want any part of that anymore. You break that tie that that demon has in your life. And then you'll find healing which is the next thing I want to talk about, healing. So this is a very controversial one. You can read various topics, various things about healing. They'll say healing was only for the apostles, only to show the world that Jesus had died and rose again. Wow, I, how short-sighted can you be? If God didn't give the Bible to everyone throughout all time, if he didn't give gifts to everyone throughout all time, if he didn't give Christ to everyone throughout all time, why are we here? Why are we sitting here on a Sunday morning? He gave it once for all and for all time. There is no end. There is nothing in the Bible that says specifically, these gifts were only given for this particular time. It is a loose interpretation and yes, I know where the verses are, and I'm not going to cover them because it's not important. They're very loosely interpreted to say that they ended. But you can also see how those verses can be interpreted to show that they were talking about something else. I truly believe that what God has given in these gifts were meant for all time. So I believe that someone in here today could have or does have I should say, the gift of healing. What do you do with it? What is healing? Healing comes in many forms. We talked about with the kids. You know, if you get, as Cole said, a boo-boo, <laughs> and you put ice on like a sore joint or something, the swelling, that's part of healing. You get a cut. It heals, okay? Healing takes place naturally, but the gift of healing comes in a couple of different forms. It is very possible. I've seen it in, with my own eyes and not on a video, and to this day, I'm still amazed by it, a woman's arm that was like bent in very unusual ways, she couldn't straighten it out, 
and it straightened out. It was healed. It blew my mind. And if I had not seen it, I probably wouldn't believe it. And right now, some of you are probably saying, I don't believe it. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I really do. But I saw it happen, okay? I still don't understand it. If it was God. It was God. There's no doubt about it. Healing can be also not just physical, but emotional and mental. I really believe that there are a lot of counselors in this world that have the gift of healing, whether they realize it or not. I'm not saying all do. And I'm not saying what some people say that all doctors who practice medicine have the gift of healing. Some do. That's why they're called into that field. Not all. But there was a counselor once that helped me so tremendously, there's no doubt he had the gift of healing. Because it happened quickly. His couple of words that he said, and the Holy Spirit just spoke to my heart and in my mind and changed things immediately. So healing does exist. Healing is real. Healing can also come not by touching someone. It can come that way. There are people who can walk up to you, put their hands on you, and heal you. But one thing that seems to be based on what I read in the Bible, anybody at any time can use any of the gifts of the Spirit. You ask God if he's willing to give, you can use any of these gifts. So you can walk up, I can walk up to someone right now and provide healing. Okay? But not always. So if someone claims to be a healer, a faith healer, and they don't heal you, don't call them a fraud. If they have proof that they've healed people, don't call them a fraud because there could be a reason God doesn't want to heal you in that moment. But the other way that healing takes place is through prayer. Notice that a lot of these gifts involve prayer. Faith involves prayer. Healing can involve prayer. Knowledge and wisdom can involve prayer. They all involve prayer because we're communicating with God. But I don't know the year. I was in the Smithfield United Methodist Church, okay? A woman came in. Her family had been longtime members of this church. She had been a member of this church, but hadn't been coming for a while. She came one day. She sat up front on this side, and she looked at me, and she said, I had a scan done yesterday, and I have an aneurysm on my brain. I'm like, okay, let's pray that it goes away. I was young. I didn't know about the gifts of the Spirit. I didn't know. I knew I had one of them, but I didn't know what to do with it at the time. I just said, we're going to pray. And I listened, and I heard God speaking in my mind exactly what to say, how to pray, that that aneurysm would shrink in a day, shrink in a week, shrink in a month, and be gone. That's the way I prayed it. A month later, that lady came back. I had another scan. That aneurysm's gone. Did I do that? Absolutely not. Did God do that? Yes, 100%. He healed that woman's aneurysm. It was gone. How else can you explain it? Well, you can explain it through medical science. Sure. God created medical science. Of course it was medical science that dissolved that aneurysm, but it was God who did it through medical science. Or maybe he just did it right away. I don't know. But if you don't, just don't discount healing because you don't think it will happen. Okay? 
So now I want to talk about the gift of prophecy. This is where psychics come in. Go see a psychic. You know, sometimes they'll read tarot cards. Sometimes they'll read tea leaves. Sometimes they'll just sit and, or they'll hold your hands, or they'll just sit there and look at you and tell you. If someone calls himself a psychic, they probably have the gift of prophecy that's been hijacked by the enemy. There's probably, and if someone has the gift of discerning of spirits and stands near wherever they're doing this, you might even feel or maybe even see the demon that's working inside this person because psychics are not real. They are frauds. Now, what's the difference between someone saying, hey, God told me you're having a bad day, or you're going to a psychic and saying, you're having a bad day. What's the difference? A psychic's probably going to take your money, first of all, for telling you you're having a bad day, and they're relying on a power that they don't understand. They just know that they have it. But someone with the gift of prophecy will come up to you and say, I think you're having a bad day. How do they know that? Because the Holy Spirit speaks to them in that moment and says, this person's having a bad day. And guess what comes next? Prayer. See how it all fits in? So that's part of what the gift of prophecy is. What the gift of prophecy is not, and we've got to really get this clear, it is not an Old Testament prophet. It is not Jeremiah, Isaiah, Malachi, Haggai, Habakkuk, any of those. It is not. They had a time and a place, but there are no longer Old Testament prophets in this world. Now, those Old Testament prophets, you know how they knew they were prophets? They never got anything wrong, and if they did, they were killed. Someone with the gift of prophecy gets something wrong, you know what? Don't kill them. Please don't kill them. Because you, you're humans, and we may hear, as the enemy's trying to say, hey, look, I'm going to tell you what's going on. They're going to tell you the wrong thing. Sometimes you get it wrong. So, if you feel you have the gift of prophecy and you're afraid to speak because you feel like you might get something wrong, don't hold back the Holy Spirit. Ask God to make sure that he is the one talking to you and let it out. Because what's going to happen, and I'm telling you this from experience, I told you my testimony a few weeks ago, there was a time when I was holding things back. I knew hurricanes were coming, wasn't telling anyone. And then the hurricane would come. September 10th, 2001, walking up the stairs of my house, and I went, things are going to get really nasty tomorrow. And I just kept walking by. Didn't, do, didn't pray about it, didn't do anything. And where'd that thought come from? From God. Did I manufacture that? No, I'm just walking up my steps in my house, and this thought comes to mind. And we know what happened on September 11th, 2001. So what was I supposed to do about that? Pray pray. I learned that, that I was supposed to pray. Now, I can't tell you all your future. That's not what the gift of prophecy is about, okay? But if God does want me to tell you something to prove to you, then he'll tell me, and I'll say it. Like, someone had a dream about a shark a couple days ago. I don't know. That's just what's coming to mind right now. Okay, but it's not to show off. It's not to build the person up who has the gift. It is to show people, to help people know the future. Like, I can tell you that 
And you might say, oh, well, yeah, we know that the, the days coming are going to be very difficult for this church. But I'll also tell you that there are going to be people who will convince many to change their minds. Okay? We need to pray about that. Because I'm not saying which way we're going to go when the time comes, and you know what I'm talking about. But I'm going to tell you that there's going to be people that are going to be very convincing to get us to go one way or the other. Pray through this whole thing is what God is saying right now. Pray through this whole process from the moment we send a letter to the moment it is final. Pray through it all that the right decision is made. And I don't know what that decision is. He's not telling me that. So the gift of prophecy, though, is a unique gift because Paul eagerly desired it. He didn't have it, but he desired it. And he did prophesy at times. Remember, any of these gifts, just because you don't have it, God's not regimented in silos. He's not like, oh, well, you can't have faith because you have prophecy. And he said, you can't have wisdom because you got knowledge. It's not like that. Okay, so you're gifted in knowledge, but here's a dose of wisdom from the Holy Spirit. You're gifted in, in healing. Here's some prophecy from the Holy Spirit. So it may come and go, any of them, at any time. But when you are continually working in them and working with God to understand them, that's when it's considered to be a gift. And that's one of the things that that test will help you see. It'll ask you questions about your past, and you say, yeah, that's me, and you give it a high score. It'll bubble up to the top and show you what your gift is. And then there's more than just the few we've covered the last couple of weeks. There's a whole lot more. But anyway, the whole point of all of these is to help you grow closer to God and to edify or build up the church. In fact, prophecy, the number one thing about prophecy is encouragement. It is used to encourage people. You may have done this and not even realized it. If you just went up to someone and said, hey, I'm praying for you, that person may have needed to hear that. And you may have thought, why did I just say that? Well, that was God through the gift of prophecy telling you to tell that person, I'm going to pray for you. And you may have never, ever considered it the gift of prophecy, but that's what it is. So, those are the three gifts, and now all of these that I've talked about, I'm kind of going through them quickly over the next couple of weeks, and then I'll bring it all back together and really build it up some more. But So just bear with me. This is going to be a process. But uh, before we close today, I want to tell you about a unique experience I had with someone with the gift of prophecy and healing. She had both. And this, you can believe it or not, I don't care because it's real, it happened um, almost three years ago now, August 9th, 2019, I went to see someone. Now, here's how it went. A, a person I used to work with said, hey, Phil, we're starting a home church, and we're having a revival. Why don't you come out and see it? Like, uh, okay. I, I'm not a big revival person because I think revivals are important, but I don't believe they are often done properly. So I thought, eh, I don't know. And, but God was like, Phil, you're going. You're going to that revival. Okay, so I made sure that it was a Friday night. I'm going to go to this revival at this person's house. And then I get a call on Thursday before that, on August 8th, that said, hey, it's not a revival. I was wrong. 
she's a prophetess and um, has the gift of healing, and she's going to talk about spiritual warfare. I'm there. <laughs> That's right up my alley. I was like, oh, I'll definitely be there now. I want to hear about this. So at this time, though, in my life, man, I was spiraling down out of control. And I was every day going to God saying, what am I doing, Lord? Help me. I was on a wrong course. Okay? So that's some of the background. And you know what happened in 2018? I left here. Then in 2019, I left Brooks Run. So you see that God was pulling me out because he wanted to change me. So I go there, and this woman's talking on Friday night. She's talking, and she's, I'm sitting off to the side over here, okay? So she's looking at people. There, Most people are here sitting on couches or chairs, whatever. I'm sitting at the table over here. And she's walking around like this, and she's talking to people. And all of a sudden, she goes, you tell them the truth. And look directly at me. And I went, me? <laughs> and she just kept going. But she stopped, and she said, and you tell them the truth. And I'm like, the whole time, I didn't hear what she said for like 20 minutes after that. I'm thinking, what is this, God? What, is, what, what do you mean what she's saying? Well, at the end, she finished her little spiel. It was very good, very, very good about spiritual warfare. She said, now... The Lord has given me some things to say to some people. And she starts talking to somebody over here. And then I hear in my mind, I hear, she's going to talk to you, Phil. Be ready. I, I passed it off. I want to talk to this gentleman right here. She walks up to me. and She goes, you have a strong prophetic anointing. But you have been told that it's not real. So you have kept your mouth shut. You have not given out words that God wanted you to give because you were afraid because someone told you it's not real. And I went, yeah. And she comes over and she grabs my jaw like this. And she said, God is saying right now that your jaw is being loosed. You will start talking and you won't care what people say. And I'm like, okay. And then she had me stand up and she's praying over me. And she said a few more things, but it was incredible. At one point, I got to tell you this too. I was going to save this for next week, but at one point, she starts speaking in tongues. And my first thought was, this is, these are the words that are going to form in my mind. This is fake, but I got, this is, and then all of a sudden, I knew exactly what she was saying. I recognized it as Hebrew, and I knew the words. And I went, Lord, how, is that real? Yes, that's what she said. How do I know? Phil, the gift of interpretation of tongues. But Lord, I don't have that gift. No, but I gave it to you in this moment. She was saying, Lord, bless and anoint this man for more work in your kingdom, is what she said in Hebrew. And then she says to me, she goes, it's coming upon you right now. And I'm like, what's coming upon me? I'm looking around. And all of a sudden, it felt like someone opened the windows. Just wind. I, I don't, it was wind inside the house. I felt wind hit me, and it kind of went like that, and she goes, did you feel that too? And I said, yeah, like wind, and she looked around, she goes, did anybody else feel the wind? Everybody's head shaken, no, no, but she felt it, and I did. Everything is confirmed by the witness of two or more. That's how I know it was real. Had it just been me feeling, I was like, ah, get away from me, Satan, no way, but she felt it too. Every matter is confirmed by the witness of two or more. It's in Deuteronomy. So she looks at me and she goes, the enemy hates you.
because you are going to snatch people directly from the gates of hell. You are going to teach them, and they are going to understand, and they will not go to hell because of your teaching. I'm like, wow. So what do you do with something like that? I'll tell you what happened. I turned my life around completely that night. I mean completely turned around, <laughs> okay? Right, Tanya? Completely turned around. I haven't been the same since. God has, he, he, and in that moment, it was a prophecy, and there was spiritual healing like I have never experienced in my life, ever. Ever. And I thought about that night. I wrote down, after she said it, I wrote it down. Where's my phone? <laughs> I wrote it down in a note, and it's in my phone, and I, know, I have it memorized now. But I remember, I wrote down every single word she said, and I often look at it because it changed me. That's the kind of thing that is coming for a lot of us, maybe all of us. But there's this one spirit that is very strong, evil spirit that is so strong. His name is doubt. Don't let doubt into your life. We are talking about the almighty God and the power that he has. The power to create, the power to sustain, the power to destroy, that power is in us in the form of the Holy Spirit. And doubt says, no, it's not. You're just a human. You're just this regular person. But God is saying to every single one of us right now, I want to work in your heart, in your heart, in your heart, in your heart. And he's going across the room. He's saying, I want to work in every single one of you. And I will, but I won't force you. I won't force you. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force you to do something. Because why? If you're forced to do something, you feel uncomfortable, right? I don't want to do this. I'm just I'm doing this because I feel like I have to. No, that's the way I was. Trying to do things because I thought that's what I'm supposed to do. Trying to be a pastor a certain way because that's what I thought I was supposed to do. But God said, I'm going to work in you. We're going to work together. And he wants to do that for all of you right now. Please, don't let doubt in. If you feel like doubt's coming in, take it to God and ask him to remove it because he will. And then you will start to experience the power of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you in a mighty way and you're going to feel it. I guarantee it. This church has been chosen by God and I don't know why, but it has been. Probably because he knows that the people will respond to him. People are going to look at our church someday and say, that's the model for what we need to do. But we got to let the Holy Spirit work and let doubt, kick doubt out. So I went a little longer, a little further than I wanted to there, but God was speaking and I had to let it out. So let's work together in the coming weeks, in the coming months and years. Let's see what God wants to do. And if you move on from this church or you, you decide, 
hey, you know, I don't, maybe you hold it back for a couple years, just remember this day, July 31st. It's easy to remember because it's the last of the month. July 31st, 2022. That's when you heard the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you in a mighty way. Maybe you've heard it before. But if you're hearing it right now on Facebook or in this congregation, believe it. God's moving. He's in you. He wants to work in you. It's an amazing thing to behold. The power of the almighty God. It's in us. It's in us. And it's amazing when you let him work. Trust me, I'm a living testimony of what God can do to a person. How he can change your life. So let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for your power and your might, your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for this message. Thank you for the hearts that we're hearing and responding and, and soaking it in. And Lord, we can't do this in our power. We need you. We need your power. And we need you to remove doubt. We can't remove doubt on our own. We're looking to you. We're looking to you to move, to heal, to be mighty. Let us all have a day like I had in August of 2019. Give that day to all of us in your own special way. And Father, we just pray that as the days go on, that we will remember this day and remember this message and remember that you're moving. We're thankful for that. We ask you to do this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.